Welcome to the FitPro Business Podcast, where you'll receive sales, marketing, and business building tips from industry leaders that will help you take your business to the next level. Head over to FitProBusiness.com to receive your free business breakthrough session. Now, here's your host, the -the in-the-trenches fitness business owner, Andy Salazar. What is up, Fit Pros? I want to welcome you to another episode of the Fit Pro Business Podcast. Today, I have the luxury of interviewing Mr. Billy Hofacker. How are you doing, Billy? I'm doing great, Andy. Thanks for having me on your show. Man, I'm so excited for what you're going to be teaching the audience today about how to manage money. You know, it's a, a big struggle for fitness business owners in today's yeah. world, especially after COVID. A lot of us are recovering. Billy has been in the fitness industry for over 20 years, been a business owner and CEO of Total Body Boot Camp and Performance Center. He owns two locations that are in a highly competitive market of Long Island, New York. But what Billy is really passionate about helping fitness business owners do now is how to manage their money. And that's what we're going to be talking about in today's show. He's also the host of the Your Fitness Money Coach podcast, where he does interviews and gives insights on how to manage your money and how to win with money for fitness business owners. So again, welcome to the show, Billy. Uh, that was a yeah. very brief intro. Tell us a little bit more about your story and how, how you've gotten to where you are now. Yeah, absolutely. So my, my financial journey, we all, I guess we all have a point where that sort of starts. And for me, it was going back uh, somewhere close to around 11 years uh, now I was getting ready for work. I was uh, a personal trainer. I, I've been a personal trainer my entire career. I, I got my certification when I turned 18 years old. I was a typical kid working wow. out at the local gym. And uh, the, the, that, that was my first mentor was the owner of that gym. And he you know, kind of took me under his wing and he saw the passion that I had for fitness and for helping people. And he encouraged me to get the ISSA certification. So that was the first certification that I got. And I, I did some, uh, some, uh, some uh, shadowing with him and then eventually started training clients. And um, so that's really all I've done. I never really worked for anybody in a typical nine to five. I, nice. uh, at some point along the way, I, I, I took a little bit of a uh, personal training, took a little bit of a backseat. And I was a professional martial artist for about three and a half years, uh, but I still was doing personal training. It was just part time. And then after that, I went full time. That's when I opened my facilities, which are now like a, the, the first one is 11 years old. Uh, but right around that point uh, was a really pivotal moment in, in our lives. We were just about to start a family. My wife and I, we were married and uh, we didn't uh, we didn't really pay too much attention to finances at all. And we actually mm-hmm. we actually did get do one session. I had a client, a personal training client who was a financial planner, and we ended up doing one session with them. And it didn't really make a huge impact with us. We, we, we realized that uh, we had problems but it wasn't like a real eye opener. She just gave us some tips. I remember, you know, doing a little bit of budget and I remember realizing that we had, uh, what is it too much a month at the end of our money? Uh, mm-hmm. but it didn't really like hit home with us. We just kind of kept going through our lives. We didn't, we didn't work with them after that. And then, uh, one day I'm getting ready for work and I'm thinking life is good. I'm, I'm, you know, about 30 years old. I'm training clients. Uh, I got my wife and got my house, you know, thinking everything was good. And I get a knock on the door. I open the door and it's this, this big muscular dude with the tattoos all over his neck and shaved head, goatee, muscles hanging out everywhere. And, and I look past him and I see my brand new white Honda Accord hooked up to his tow truck. Uh, my car was being repossessed and it, it was just crazy. It hit me like a ton of bricks. Uh, honestly, I, I didn't know 
I was in that much trouble. Like that was, that was the crazy yeah. thing. You would think you would, you, you would be, you know, kind of expecting something like that, sure. but I didn't even know how far I was on my bills. And so that was the real uh, pivotal moment in my life. And when it comes to finances, it was a real wake up call. I didn't really experience a ton of pain before that. Sure. There was stress and arguments and things like that, but it wasn't anything yeah. um, that really caused me to really look at things or really make a change. And it was at that moment that uh, we, that I began, uh, a process of, of change and I, I had enough. I was really angry, uh, that I had gotten to that point and, yeah. I, and, and my wife and I together, you know, we made that decision to, to change and lo- long story short. So digging around after that, so up to that point, we really didn't know the true, uh, situation that we were in. And, and one of the steps that I teach is I call it taking, taking inventory. Mm-hmm. And what that says is, Hey, let's just look, you know, if, you, if you're a, if you're a trainer or a coach, you know, you might do a movement screen, you might do a strength assessment or mm-hmm. a metabolic assessment or, or something like that. And you, you want to get a baseline for where your client is starting from. Uh, it's the same thing here. It's just like, what's the baseline? Where are your finances? What's coming in? What's going out? Uh, we talk about something called net worth, which I, I could talk about just, just kind of getting mm-hmm. a picture for where you're at. And ours was pretty, uh, was, it was pretty, it was pretty depressing. You know, we were over $130,000 in non-mortgage debts. We had negative, approximately a negative 130,000 in, in, um, in net worth. Uh, so your net worth, just in case people that don't realize, I didn't know what it was at this, at this point. So I wouldn't be surprised if yeah. some listeners don't, your net worth is to basically taking what you own and subtracting what you owe and what you're left is either a, you know, a positive or a negative number. In our case, it was a negative number. Uh, so that was our reality at, at that point. And that was where I made that, that decision to change. Uh, so I don't know if you want me to stop there, but from there. Yeah, absolutely. Of, yeah. So what do you think was like the biggest key? Like I know a lot, obviously I've been in this fitness industry game for just about the same amount of time as you have been. Um, and I know for me personally, like I had a lot of student loan debt when I first went into business, I worked for somebody else, which is a, a story you hear of a lot of personal trainers. They work for somebody else and then maybe branch off on their own thinking that they can do it on their own, but they don't really know the back end business side of things. They know the training side, maybe a little bit of the marketing client relationship uh, stuff, but they don't know what it takes to actually run a business and how to manage finances, which is ultimately, if you want to be successful in business, you have to be able to manage finances. You have to, you know, know your profit and loss. Um, And also for fitness business owners, it's important to start looking towards the future as well, like in regards to retirement and having what building wealth and not just being in this debt. But uh, I guess the point I'm trying to make is like, what do you think brought you up to that point uh, in regards to like maybe not paying attention to it? And then obviously then paying attention to it is, do you think it was just lack of knowledge or the way that you were brought up or how you saw things? That's a great question. I, I, I get asked that quite often. I don't feel like I have a really good answer for it. Uh, but you're actually, you're, the way you asked it actually helped me process a little bit just in that short time. I think it's a combination. I think it was a, definitely a lack of knowledge. I had no uh, financial knowledge. I had no idea how money works. I had no idea how to get ahead financially. And that's something I teach now, the importance of for everybody. Everybody should be a learner of finance. There's no excuse not to. It's too important. Uh, but that was part of it. Part of it was how I was raised. I was raised in a, uh, in a Christian home. 
And it was a good home in a lot of ways, you know, loving yeah. parents and, uh, but money just wasn't really a, it really wasn't a thing. It wasn't something that was talked about. Um, I, I don't know that I was taught, uh, anything verbally when it came to money. It wasn't like, Hey, it's important to stay out of debt. It's important to save right. your money. It was, it was just like, you know, God will provide and we just got to kind of keep, <laughs> yeah. keep moving, keep moving along. And, uh, that, so that was definitely part of it. And then, uh, third piece, I think. I was really good in certain areas, just like everybody, right? Everybody has strengths and weaknesses. And I was, I felt like I was good at, at being a trainer and I was uh, good at sports. I was, a, I was a martial artist and I played other sports growing up and I was good at that. I really engaged with those things and I worked hard. Uh, but for some reason, there was a disconnect with finances. I, I, I was, I'm a natural saver. I was, and I still am, believe it or not, even with that much debt. And I, 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 I just was not, willing to face the reality of, Hey, I need help in this area. It's I'm yeah. sure there's a little pride situation going on there. Like I have my things together. I'm young, I'm married. I, I can kind of figure this out. Um, that's another like little tip I'll just throw out there is, is the more you can acknowledge your weakness, uh, the better you're going to be because what's going to happen is you're going to realize an area that you need help with. You're going to ask for help. Like someone like me now who can help. Um, they, they, and, I, and they're going to, you're going to be, mo- they're going to be more than happy to help you and you're going to get yeah, further ahead so by you ignoring things like I did, all you're going to do is end up in more. It's like our clients, right? They can ignore the fact that they need help with their fitness and weight loss. But all that's going to do is just going to prolong things. They're going to get unhealthier and they're going to get, they're going to, you know, be heavier than they want to be and all those things. So mm-hmm. I think acknowledging that is, is huge. So th- that's like, I think the three, three, three kind of reasons why I got to that point. Great. Yeah, no, I completely uh, agree with you. It's just, I know with like my story, um, and I see a lot of other personal trainers, like initially we think we, when we're starting our business, we need to go big, um, you know, and that people are just going to come and we're going to be making all of this money. And if I would have had my way when I started my business, that's probably how I would have started my business and been scrambling from that point on to make ends meet. Um, but thank goodness I have a very wise wife um, that ringed me in and said, no, no, we got to start small. Um, and we started in a little 400 square foot office with bare minimum equipment. Mm-hmm. grew out of that office and then branched. And so as we've grown our business, we've just added our added more to our business as we've added more clients and more revenue. And um, I've told my part, my story before as well, but um, I had a wife and two kids at home when I started my business that I was a sole provider for because my wife stayed home. So my business needed to be profitable right off of the bat. And I, in retrospect, I probably would do that do that this time I'd be wiser in starting my business but I, I you know it gave me a fight or flight mentality and I knew that I needed to get out there and market and close sales if I wanted to be successful and generate revenue so um, I hear what you're saying and also uh, what you said about your parents resonated with me is like you know that God will provide and we're, you know there was always enough money at the end of the month but I do remember you know having our water turned off and electricity shut off and you know so God always did provide and we always had food on the table but uh, money also wasn't a very large topic in my household as well so. there's a great quote I, I, um, I think it's uh, Frederick Douglass he said uh, he said I, I prayed and prayed and prayed uh, nothing it didn't work until I started praying with my feet <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> so now I, we all know the importance of managing our finances. What are some of the ways that and keys that fitness business owners can do to win with money and have success with their businesses? 
Well, I think you hit on uh, one of the things for sure, and that's to take that long-term approach and, and, and just be patient. Patience is something that's patience is a virtue. Uh, we know that. We'll say that. But then we want everything right away, just like our clients, right? We want to lose the uh, 40 pounds that took us years to, to put on. We want to lose it in five months. And it's the same thing with finances. Like I knew for, 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 for me, you know, we had all that debt. It wasn't going to happen. We took it, we paid it off in five years, which is, which is incredible. Uh, but uh, it wasn't going to happen in five months, right? It's just, it, we have to face reality that things take time and things that are, are, are going are to have to be longer lasting and durable. They're going to take time to build. The, the, sometimes it just, it's just the longer it takes, the better it's going to be. So just embracing that process. Uh, we all hear it. We hear it all the time that destiny, it's, it's the desk, it's the, uh, um, it's the journey, not the destination. And it's so true, right? Cause like you, you reach a goal and then what, then you just have to set another goal. So just kind of embrace the journey realize the person you're becoming through that process. I think that's, that's huge. And this isn't, this is something that you might be surprised as a financial expert, uh, if that's what you want to call me, that, that's, that I'm saying this, I would say a lot of this comes down to character. Uh, so, you know, we think it's all about the X's and the O's and have to do this and that with my, with my finances, but a lot of it comes down to character and things like, uh, being patient, things like, uh, being, being honest with, you know, why you think and feel a certain way, you know, are you trying to impress people? Because are you trying to, whether it's your clients or a competitor or a friend of yours, Hey, look at this great gym that I have. Who cares yeah. uh, what it looks like? Uh, you hit it right on the head. It's all about uh, how useful is that stuff? Is it profitable? Is it is it really in, in enhancing the experience of your clients? Are you really able to afford right. it? Meaning that you didn't have to borrow money uh, and pay it back at, 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 with interest. It's just not worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you go the slow and steady approach like the tortoise and the hare and yeah. you're going to be so much better off. You know, Other parts of character, uh, just things like hard work. Uh, how hard are you working? Are you going to the gym mm-hmm. and uh, you know fiddling around with Instagram and Facebook, or are <laughs> yeah. you really working? Are you you know really working in your strengths uh, so you can maximize the impact that you make and therefore the profit that you make? Uh, so I, I didn't I didn't know where I was going to go with that, but I think that's that's something that really comes to mind, and it's it's more important than we give it credit for is. Because it's not even just making money, it's making yeah. money and then having the ability to keep the money. Uh, because yeah, sure. you can learn a lot of marketing thing, you know, things and then bring a lot of money in. But if you don't have a really good service, uh, what's, what's the quote? Like if you're, if you're really good at marketing, but really bad at your service, you're just going to be, you're just going to be able to, to, to bring clients in and lose them faster. Right. I'm kind of jacking your that up. going to keep turning. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So yeah. Uh, so it's that counterintuitive, you know, it's not, it's, it's, it's not just the financial principles, but there are financial principles mm-hmm. that you want to follow. Do you want me to get into a couple? Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. think too, uh, I just want to make a quick point. It's important to be just a good steward of mm-hmm. your money. Mm-hmm. You know, clients are interested in you to provide a service for them and they are expecting you to be there and your business to be there. So you have an obligation to your business to be a good steward over your money, but you also have an obligation to your clients and your community so that you can give back to your community with the money that you're earning from your business. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just to that point, you know, you talked about how your wife was wise and she encouraged you to, to grow slow. And I think our clients actually appreciate that. So we, we, we have it wrong. We think that our clients want us to have all this like shiny and fancy stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a lot of times, you know, what are they going to think? Oh man, am I, am I rates going to go up now because they're, 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 you know, they're really <laughs> stretching themselves with all this. 
Or is it like, hey, we have what we need. It's, the, it's all about the experience. It's about how this person makes me feel and the results that I'm getting. It's not about the actual equipment or tools. But hey, as things go better, they see you sort of improving because you're doing it the right way. Then maybe they see some, some nice equipment. Maybe they see you upgraded in certain areas. And they kind of like that. It kind of makes them feel like they're a part of your journey as opposed to, mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things that kind of uh, differentiates us as a small yeah. business owner. You know, we're, we're not like the, maybe the franchise or the big commercial facility that, you know, has uh, millions of dollars to put into that kind of stuff. This is something that they can kind of connect with and be part of that, that, that journey. Yeah, I think this is such a major conversation that we don't hear a lot about in our industry. You know, we hear a lot about, you know, different certifications that you can take. And a lot of those certifications are really lacking in the knowledge of sales, marketing, and actually growing a business. Yes, they're giving you the tools to train somebody in a specific technique or, you know, what have you, but they're not giving you the necessary tools that you need to grow your business. And I think that what your podcast is doing and what you're teaching is so key to moving our business forward and helping fitness business owners actually realize success within their, within their businesses. Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned going into some, some keys. Yeah. I want to give, cause I, I want, I don't want people walking away and like, yeah, they just talked about all this like philosophical stuff, you know, give you, right, give you some right. practical things uh, that you can do. And, and this goes for both personal and finance. So I just, I just actually just wrote a book and, and I could, I could share about that, but this is all in there. Uh, there's a section on personal and there's a section on business, but let's say, for example, we, we have something called a spending plan. So the spending plan on the, whether it's the personal or the business, and it's, it's important for both. It may look a tad bit different, but the, but the principles are the same. It's that you're telling your money where to go before that time period passes. So you hear, you know, bigger businesses, they might do an annual, uh, they call it a budget, right? Or they might do a quarterly budget. Uh, we recommend just starting off with just doing a monthly spending plan. So all that is, is you're saying, what can I project when it comes to the amount of revenue that comes in? Uh, how do I do that? How do I know how much revenue is going to come in? Well, the good news is for most of our businesses, it's not that complicated. Uh, we can look, COVID definitely made it a little more complex, but uh, we can mm. look at a previous month. Hey, it's now, uh, you know, it's going to be, let's say, for example, like we're going into October. Uh, how did we do in September? Okay, you know, most of us can can be within a certain percentage. Uh, maybe we, we had a promotion and we saw that, hey, we, we brought in like 10 new people that are going to be signing up. So that's going to bump things up a little bit. Yeah, so maybe we add a certain percentage, 5% or 10% or what have you. Uh, but we can get a general idea, especially if you're u- using what I'm, I'm assuming, Andy, you most likely recommend, as most do nowadays, is using some kind of uh, EFT model where the payments are exactly, coming in yeah. automatically. It's a lot easier to project your revenue. Yeah, you're going to have other things coming in. Maybe it's supplements or something else. But for the most part, you can get a, a pretty good grasp of what's coming in. And then you're going to look at what's going out. And again, not rocket science. What do you do? You look at a previous month. If your rent was due on the first of the previous month, it's going to be due on the first of the next month. If your utilities were due on the fifth, it's going to be this. Most of the stuff is recurring. It's going to be on the same date. So you just have to, you just have to not do what I did, which was hide uh, under the covers or put my head under the sand and not look at what's happening. But if you look at it, it's all there. You know what's coming through. Uh, and there's your, there's, your, there's your fixed expenses, which are the ones that are uh, they're constant. They, they don't really change. And then there's your variable mm-hmm. expenses, which may change based on business volume, maybe something like payroll. Uh, and then you're going to have other expenses that you just have to uh, plan. You know, maybe 
it could be a, something as small as you need a you need a, a ream of paper uh, for your printer. Maybe you need some ink, uh, or maybe it's something bigger. Maybe you have uh, you know a, a real need for more expensive equipment. I mean, whatever that is, uh, you can plot it out. You can do it on a spreadsheet. You can do it on paper. I mean, we have forms that we use. Uh, but doing that alone uh, is going to make a huge difference on helping you keep a pulse on your business, help you plan. Yeah. And that is uh, going to be huge over time. So if you're listening to this and you're not doing a spending plan for your, uh, for your household or you're not doing one for your business, you are leaving a lot on the table, especially over time. And here's my proof. Success leaves clues. We know that, right? If you, one of the shortest paths to success in any area is to find somebody or more than one person who has achieved the goal and we look at what they did. Uh, so mm-hmm. I defy you to find me one business that has been extremely successful but has not done something like this. And the reason why right. you won't find one is because they don't exist because that's what successful businesses do. It would be crazy. Imagine like an investor you know, uh, being pitched a business and they ask about their financials and they're like, ah, we don't, we don't really do that stuff. And they would laugh, <laughs> right? They would laugh and they'd feel like they're wasting their time. So you have to treat your business uh, the same way and treat your household the same way. It's the same logic. You're not going to find a super successful um, household uh, that is not tracking their spending or doing a spending plan or looking. You know, we didn't really talk about this yet, but you also want to look behind you. And uh, that mm-hmm. would be more of like looking at your financials, uh, which is another habit of a f- successful uh, business when it comes to the fi- financial uh, aspect. Right. So ultimately is paying attention to your money because when you don't pay attention to your money and you go to your account, you're like, where did all my money go? And before you know it, you've spent it on things that were not necessary to you, either your household or your business. Yeah. Here, here's a really interesting point to that. And that's most people think when, when, you know, when, when you ask them, Hey, like, why do, why would a business go out of business? Many times the, the, the answer would be, and I'd encourage you as I'm saying this, what do you, what do you, what are your thoughts? If you're listening, you know, why do businesses go out of business? Many people think it's because they're not profitable and that's not the reality. Oftentimes profitable businesses go out of business because they don't have a grasp on where that money's going. Where are those profits going? They're leaking right. out. And usually it's the, it's the result of a, an owner who's not managing it properly. And there's, mm-hmm. those are sort of categorized as owner's draws. They're not uh, considered profit per se on, a, on an income statement, uh, but it doesn't matter, right? Because what's the point? The point is, is that you stay in business, that you are a good steward, that you can right. you know, move ahead. And um, it's, it's not going to happen if you're not managing that. Absolutely. And you, you said this earlier too. It doesn't, you know, your business could be pulling in, you know, 100,000, 250,000. But if you're not taking home, mm-hmm. that's just going to cover your expenses and you're not paying yourself out of that to, for your household. What really matters, like ultimately what I'm trying to say is what, what are you taking home from your business? And if you're managing your money well, you should be taking home a significant profit from your business. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, definitely want to pay yourself first. You hear that term a lot. And so that's another, that's another little uh, takeaway f- for anybody is that if you're not paying yourself a consistent, uh, on a consistent basis, at least enough to survive uh, on the personal side, think about it. It's just a matter of time. You're, you're not going to be able to, 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 to make it if you can't av- uh, pay for your basic living expenses through uh, paying yourself. And I think what you said before kind of hit home. You mentioned your wife would stay at home, so you had no choice. So right. I think sometimes that's better 
that, that's my situation too, because my wife stays home and uh, I, I talk to, you know, I, I'll, I have other coaching clients and stuff like that. And they're like, yeah, my wife makes a ton of money. So, 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 so it's not as much of a, of a pain point for them. Like they can afford yeah. uh, to not get paid, but what is that really doing? You're, you have a business that's not healthy. So you have to, right. you have to realize that. Well, it's funny too. I think getting comfortable, you should never really get, I've talked about this before on my podcast as well. Never get comfortable in your business. Always stay uncomfortable because that's what's going to keep you pushing for that next goal, for that next milestone. And even I've been guilty of this. I'm not sure if you have been Billy, but I've been guilty of this myself. You know, I have more than enough money, you know, at the end of the month, I'm not pushing my business. I'm not pushing to that next thing. I'm comfortable. I start getting comfortable. And then before I know it, oh, we didn't get as many leads this month. Yep. Uh, oh, um, this expense just came up, you know? So I think it's important as business owners, even if you are doing well within your business, keep staying uncomfortable, keep driving for that next thing, because ultimately being uncomfortable for myself is what made me grow my business. And sounds like the same for Billy as well. Yeah, I agree. I, I think a healthy level of paranoia is good uh, because when you get too comfortable, uh, that's when that's when you kind of lose sight of things and, and they go and they go south. But if you can stay um, sort of worried, uh, it, it, not in a, an excessive way, but just worried enough right. that you're still staying on top of things and you're not getting caught off guard. Well, I think uh, COVID obviously was a big eye-opener for a lot of brick-and-mortar personal training business owners as well. I know it was for myself and I was like, holy crap, like yeah, we got through it and I was able to keep my employee and um, have, you know, not completely deplete my uh, bank account. Um, But like, it was a big eye opener for me. And like, now I know, like I'm shooting targets. Like I want to have like six months of reserves in the bank, you know, both personal and business Mm -hmm. um, just in case, you know, we do get shut down again. We don't know what's going to happen, but I think that's also uh, important to start looking at within your business as well. Yeah, that's another uh, great point uh, on having reserves, both for personal and business. I, I totally agree. I think uh, as far as the amount, I, uh, people ask me like, hey, what's the uh, amount? There's no perfect right. amount, you know, right? So, uh, so Andy's wife stays home uh, still. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, she has a part-time job. But okay. Yeah, so, so, so that's going to be a factor, right? If you have a wife uh, or a husband that makes like 200 grand and they have a good steady corporate job, you, you might not need as much, right? But if you're the sole uh, income earner, uh, there's a little bit less stability there. So you probably want a little bit right. more of a buffer. So that's kind of usually, you have kids, you know, I have four young kids. So for that reason, <laughs> yep. I don't want to take any chance that I can't uh, provide for, for a good amount of time. Uh, so you want to right. make sure I'll say three months minimum for anybody. Um, but that may yeah. be too low depending on your situation. So let's, let's, say, let's call it three to six months, depending on your situation and on the business, uh, same thing. You know, I think a three month reserve, yeah. uh, that means that, you have enough money to run your full operation if uh, you weren't able to bring in anything for three months. Uh, if you're in that position, then you should be able to weather any storm because the reality is that when that storm comes, it, you're not going to have the same amount of expenses for the most part. You know, you're, you're right, going to have right. less payroll, you can have less marketing and if, 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 there's, if there's no business activity at all, uh, but you act as if things were going to keep going as is, you have those reserves and that just allows you more options. So now you can Definitely. Uh, you can weather the storm. You can maybe even get ahead during tough times when when, when other people are, are maybe losing their business. Uh, you can also take advantage of opportunities. Uh, maybe like I know for us is like a, a minor example. Uh, there were two small facilities that went out of business that were both kind of in the same vicinity of my facility. And mm-hmm. um, and while that's really sad, I don't wish that on anybody. Uh, the right. good news is we were able to um, to purchase some of their equipment that they were selling at. Uh, 
you know, pennies on the dollar, which uh, was uh, we're only able to do that because we had a little bit of reserves to do that. So, so, so there's a lot of benefits to that. All right. So we talked about obviously step one, paying attention to your money, knowing what your, what your in and your out is, what your expenses are, and knowing that you have, you know, the funds to cover that each month um, and being able to put money where you want it to do, making your money work for you. What's the next step somebody could take in managing their business and managing their money? So I would say like a little bit of a, like a higher level uh, point, and I think this, this this can be exciting for people, and I always share this, is if you have debt on your business, uh, you want to make a plan to eradicate that debt uh, because, again, you're limiting your options with debt. I believe um, you're, you're not going to reach your potential if you have that debt. Right. And it, it, same thing on the personal side. You want to clear that debt as fast as you can, make a plan, get serious, get intentional, because once that's paid off, it's where the real fun begins because now you don't have to pay that to other people, you can use it for the things you want. So let's say on the business side, you can do things like maybe expand, maybe you can add a program, maybe you can add a service, maybe you can invest in other assets and start building wealth outside of your fitness facility. And on the personal side, you can start doing more things. You have more time freedom. You can spend more time with your family. You can give more, which is a really important thing for for people uh, in terms of happiness, right? You can bless other people with what you've been given as a result of being a good steward. So uh, those are some exciting things. And that's when you can really uh, dig into your, your potential. You could really make an impact. Uh, so that's, that's a goal I think would be worthy for people if Definitely. they're not at that point right now. I think that's key as well. I think too, like we talked about not overextending yourself because that's going to make you desperate in your business, you know, to meet your expenses each and every month. And I mean, you know this and I know this when you're trying to sell or grow your business out of desperation, um, it's not the same as what we're talking about earlier with, you know, me knowing I needed to provide for my wife and family. That's different. But when you try yep. to sell out of desperation, people can smell, smell that desperation when you're trying to close that sell. You want to sell with confidence and, 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 but not out of desperation, knowing that you need that money to cover your debts. Yeah, 100 percent. You, know, you get you get a, a cancellation notice from somebody and, you know, rather than you like completely panic and freak out, you can just take a deep breath and you could say, yep, that stinks, uh, but we're going to be fine. You know, and you, and you, and you kind of just keep going forward. It just changes your posture and people can smell that. They smell any, even, even in that example, um, they, they see, wow, they're a confident business owner and uh, hopefully I'll be back, you know, and it's just, it just creates that positive energy. So, uh, Clearing off the debts is the next step. What um, I know you cleared off, obviously, a ton of debt. Is it yeah. the same process as tracking your expenses? Is it writing them down and then tra- um, tackling them one at a time? What yeah. process do you recommend? Yeah, so, so here's what worked for me, and this is, this is what I teach. There's maybe a little bit of flexibility here, but I think the principles will, will apply across the board. What I did, and I felt like which was such a help for us, is we decided to get laser focused. And that's something that you hear a lot in business, right? You get laser focused on your marketing, right? Don't try to be the best at Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and all these other things, right? Get really good at one of them. Uh, so it was the same thing with the, uh, with the debt, because uh, that, that was actually a, a real situation with us is that we had some different funds and different accounts and we're, you know, kind of saving for this and saving for that. And we're trying to pay off our debt. And then one day my wife, I got to give her credit. You know, she looked at me and said, listen, she goes, we just have to go all in. Like, like we were like holding on to some cash. You should have some cash for reserves, as we talked about. Yeah. We were just kind of holding on to cash because we were maybe a little bit scared. 
But we said, we just got to attack this or else it's, we're going to be in this, we're going to be a slave to this forever. We just need to go hard and get focused. So once we did that, it was like a light bulb went off. There's been a few times in my financial journey where these light bulbs have gone off. One was mm-hmm. with the car repossession, but this was the next one because we were, we were doing great. We were making progress, but, but it wasn't like we wanted. Uh, after we just decided to go uh, all in on that debt, uh, that's when things really turned around. Uh, so the process we use and the process that I teach you're going to list your debts, list all your debts first without worrying about any kind of order. So just list them out. So you would list out what it's for, obviously. Let's say it's a Visa credit card. Uh, Then Mm -hmm. you're going to list the total balance. Uh, These are all in columns if you're on a spreadsheet. Uh, Then you're going to put the interest rate. Uh, Then you're going to put the minimum payment. And then you're going to put the debt payoff date if you were only to pay the minimum. So you just want all that information Mm -hmm. because information is power. The, The more information you have, the better decision you can make on that. So then what we do is we, we put them in order after, after they're listed out. And, and I'm a big fan of the debt snowball method. There's different ways to approach yeah. debt. One is the debt snowball method. The other, I think, is called the aval- avalanche method, which is you're paying off the, uh, the, the, high, the highest interest rate first. Interest, yeah. uh, but with the debt snowball, you're paying off the lowest total balance first. So you list them out. Let's say you have five debts. You list them out one through five, and you list them in order – of lowest balance to highest balance, however you want to do it, or the opposite and just work from the bottom. And then what you're going to do is you're going to have the minimum payments for all of them, which you, you, you want to pay because you don't want to accumulate penalties and fees and, and, right. uh, and other, other, other interest. So you're going to pay off the, the lowest balance as fast as you can. And you are going to, once that's paid off, you leave it on the list, but you just maybe, you know, highlight it or something so you can keep track of your progress. And then you're going to add the amount you were paying for that debt to the next lowest total balance debt. Uh, and that's why it's called snowball because you're, you're, you're building up the, the amount of money that you're putting towards the next one. And in my example, um, I was looking okay, maybe a year or two ago, I had like my records from when I paid off my debt. And it was like, you would mm-hmm. never believe like the, the, the snowball started off at probably, you know, like $25 was like my minimum payment on something. And that was my very first right. one. And when I made that last payment, that snowball was so freaking big. I think that that payment was like it was like six thousand dollars or something like that. That's that's how big that that snowball got from paying off all those debts. So it it, it works like magic. Uh, it's, it's a lot of psychology involved with that because you kind of mm-hmm. you, know, you kind of feel really good about checking those debts off and you kind of enjoy the process. Right. Uh, so I'm a big fan of that approach. Can you For can sure. you you know can you play with that a little bit? And yeah, if you have a really high interest debt. I think it's okay, but you just want to basically focus on being focused and, and just going after it. Don't overthink it. Absolutely. One of my um, mentors says small wins create confidence. And mm-hmm. so those small wins, when you clear off that smallest debt, that creates confidence to move on to the next one. And I think that quote is pretty fitting for uh, this debt snowball. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I like that. So paying attention to your expenses, you're in and you're out. Tackling all of your debt, what's the last step somebody can take to be have financial success with their business? Yeah, I would say, you know, really focusing on using using the the the, the business as a vehicle to create the ideal future for themselves. So you hear about vision, ideal future, it's all the same stuff. It's just basically mm-hmm. where are you now and where do you want to go? And we know from being in this industry for so long that 
where most of us are not going to be able to cash out our businesses for like millions and millions of dollars. You know, if you have a, a small right. training facility, you know, I, I have a buddy who's like, you know, he's in the process of selling this facility and you know, you would, you, you'd be surprised at like what he's actually able to get for it. And he actually has done pretty well. It's just, it's just that, you know, it's your client, it's a relationship business. Right. Uh, the odds of somebody paying huge bucks for that, not so likely. So yeah, therefore you have to use it as a vehicle uh, to set yourself up. Uh, so then you're going to want to look at, you know, different uh, ways to, to uh, you know, plan for your taxes. You're going to want to look at ways to save for retirement, you know, setting up uh, yeah. some kind of, you know, maybe a, a SEP or a simple IRA in your business and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and just continue to keep learning and getting money smart and, uh, and growing. Now, obviously, Billy, we've covered a lot in this podcast in regards yeah. to finance and business, a lot of um, theory, but also some direct know-how on how to run your business successfully. Uh, is there, are there any other golden nuggets you'd like to leave the audience with? I mean, I would say um, when it comes to business, uh, one of the most important things you're going to do is really just uh, reverse engineer where you want to go. Uh, it's not going to be perfect because we all saw from COVID, you know, you have your plans and, you know, it's the quote, you have plans, God laughs. So, you know, you have these great plans, but then all of a sudden, you know, there's a pandemic. Uh, but it doesn't mean it was a, it was a bad idea to have those plans. I, I still think it's, it's important to have goals. Look where you want to be in, let's say, three years. So if you haven't created a three-year vision... I think that's a powerful thing to do because it just really opens your, your, opens your eyes to where you want to go. And also it creates that creativity and the innovation down how to get there. It's like your body, your, your mind just kind of figures out how to get there. Uh, so starting there rather than just taking random actions, like, is this leading me towards where I really want to go? Uh, and then you're just backing that out and you're creating annual goals uh, and then quarterly goals. And you're going to, you know, basically set up your business so that you're attacking these, let's say one to three quarterly goals and you're just backing out from there so then on a you know monthly basis you're 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 looking to get closer to that quarterly goal on a weekly basis you're looking to get closer to that monthly goal on a daily basis you're trying to get closer to that uh to that weekly goal Uh, so i think that that's a good uh kind of gem for for people if you haven't done any kind of like quarterly planning that's based on these longer term goals i think that's that could be very impactful and then just really um spending your time wisely how do you spend your time? You know, are you, are you watching like 10 hours of TV or are you trying to fill right. your mind with you know, positive information or educational information, you know, listening to podcasts like this, reading books and, uh, you know, looking at what do you make per hour? You know, do you, are you making, you know, $50 per hour, but then you're spending a whole bunch of time doing like $10 an hour work. Uh, so, right. you know, that, that, that's a little, that gets a little complex with, you know, with that, depending on your, your if you have a staff or not. Uh, but just really looking at how you're spending your time, how you can maximize spending your time and how you want to spend your time, right? Because yeah. money's great, but what's even better is time. And, you know, how are you spending that time? Are you spending it in your strengths? Are you spending it on valuable tasks? And thinking about, you know, if you're, if we talked about tracking your spending. You know, if you're like doing, you know, activity that's not producing a lot of money and then you're spending your time on, on and, and money on things that don't really give you joy, it's kind of like a broken system. So just looking yeah. at, you know, how you're spending your time, making sure you're spending it wisely and making sure you're maximizing it from a, from a, from an income standpoint when it comes to work. 
Absolutely. I think too, obviously when you manage your money and your finances, well, it allows you to run your business on your terms. Mm -hmm. So maybe right now you're somebody or a personal trainer that started your business. You're working a lot of hours, you're growing your business, you're, you know, in the thick of things. But ultimately when you set those plans, three, five, 10 years out, you start looking at where you want to be within your business. You know, I've been running my business now for 15 years. I still actively train. I say I'm the in the trenches fitness business coach, but I'm still training, actively training. Right now, I like my hours, but eventually I want to go to where I maybe just see clients in the morning. And that's my vision for my business. So have those visions within your business and managing your money is going to allow you to run your business on your terms so that you don't become a slave to your business. Yeah, that's a good example. So like if Andy didn't know that or articulate that, then what steps is he going to take? He would just take random steps that maybe somebody told him were good ideas but now he knows okay at this point this is this ideal schedule i have so therefore my actions have to be in alignment with that you know it wouldn't make sense to him for him to maybe start booking more sessions outside of that schedule when he wants to go the other way right so those those that's the kind of thing i'm talking about you you can't make those decisions if you don't have that that end goal in mind absolutely so billy i want to thank you so much for being on the show how can the audience connect with you on a on a deeper level yeah, I'll mention a couple of things. I think one of the things that uh, hopefully you would get a lot of value out of was listening uh, to my podcast. You can uh, listen, subscribe, and engage with it. It's a Your Fitness Money Coach podcast. Find it on iTunes or anywhere else. And other than that, social media, it's either Billy Hofacker or William, which is my obviously my legal name. So you could check, check that out there if you have any questions or anything like that. And, um, I also have a, I, I actually haven't even launched it yet. Cause it like literally like just got live on Amazon, but I also have a, a book. So if anybody wants to check that out, the book's called fitness profits. So you should be able to find that on Amazon. Nice. I love it. I'm going to include all of those, show, those links in the show notes. Uh, Billy, again, I want to thank you uh, for adding so much value to, um, the fit pro business podcast and sharing your story and also giving these, uh, you know, really good tips on regards to managing your money and winning for, within for personal trainers within their businesses. It's great. Andy, thanks for having me. I appreciate your thoughtful questions and, uh, and also your passion for helping out fit pros. So we definitely share that and a lot of the same value. Definitely. So it was a pleasure talking to you. All right, we'll check in with you later. Thank you for listening to the Fit Pro Business Podcast with your host, Andy Salazar. Don't forget to visit fitprobusiness.com to receive your free business breakthrough session. 